pay for Amazon Prime. It should be here in two days. You know, it took me five. It wasn't any big deal, but I was still kind of like, oh my gosh, how is this taking so long? Right? It's five days. I wish heart rate training paid off in five days. It doesn't. It doesn't. Episode 1221 of Diz Runs Radio is a quick tip episode. Best of ish edition. Today's quick tip good, the bad, and the ugly of heart rate training. Hey, y'all. So today we are going to conclude our little three-episode mini-series on heart rate training. The only way we know how. Not the only way we know how. But the the way that we're going to do it, we're going to wrap it up with a little best-of-ish edition, a little reflection and addition. It's a little little different than the typical best-of-ish situation. If you're new around here, we do this usually once a month where I go back into the archives, find an episode from... You know, somewhere back in the day that uh, I think is worth refreshing, maybe rehashing, showing the back to the light of the day. And uh, typically it's just, you know, more or less the, the blog post is copy and pasted. The audio is always new. Um, but today for this this version, the, the blog post is somewhat copy pasted, but there's also been some additions made to it. Because back in December of 2018 which was episode 661, if you want to go back and listen to the OG version of this episode. Um, I was talking about kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly as, as a, from my experience of heart rate training, which was, at that point, I was just about a year into this journey, this process, this commitment, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and as we look back on it now, you know, some... Five and a half years later, or, or almost six years later, I guess almost five years later. Let me do let me do the math here. You know, February twenty twenty four, December 20, 2018. Yeah, it's just a t- just a touch over five years, Diz. We're gonna we're gonna look back on it, and and quite frankly, the the observations I had, the good, the bad, and the ugly back then. I mean, they all still stand up. I I, I agree with them, but there's more. You know, this is this is a little but but wait, there's more scenario. Uh, definitely some some additional. I don't want to say takeaways, but additional things that have made themselves apparent to me in uh, the, the, the five plus years since recording that episode. So we're going to add on to it a little bit, which again, I mean, it's still more or less best of ish, but it's the best of ish enhanced version of the good, the bad and the ugly of heart rate training. So hopefully, hopefully this, this, this little series of heart rate training episodes has been, has been useful uh, for those of you that are, are thinking about taking, taking the trip down heart rate training lane. Um, maybe you're on it and you're struggling. You're not sure. Hopefully it's been helpful and if you don't care at all, hey, thanks for sticking with us. We'll get back to the regularly scheduled programming. Um, I guess, I guess you know, uh, next week will be a QA. and a So you'll enjoy that, I think. I don't know. Some of you enjoy the Q&A. Some of you, maybe not so much. But before we, we really go back in time today, I want to talk about something that I've been using recently, uh, a little company that I'm working with that uh, at first I wasn't sure would be the best fit for us. But my gosh, I, I am a big fan. And, and the company is called Magic Mind. And they make a, a little a little shot, if you will, um, a nootropic shot that is is awesome for focus and attention and just kind of getting locked in and getting stuff done. And and I, I've used nootropics before uh, and and was kind of looking for a good nootropic option. Is the one that I really loved. It's gone out of business anyway. Uh, stumbled across Magic Mind and wasn't sure it'd make the most sense for for us as runners until I used one before a long run one day. I took I took a little shot of the matcha tea blend of the magic mind and headed out onto the trails for my long run. And uh, if you've been around here long enough, you know that, you know, I've made no, no bones about the fact that mentally sometimes uh, I shut it down before physically way before physically I need to. And, and that happens. 
I wish I wasn't saying that that happens every week on my long run, but it happens more often than I care to admit on my long runs where I'm cruising along. I get, you know, I usually get five or six miles with the dogs first. Then I head out to the trail and I get, I get, you know, three or four miles on the trail feeling pretty good. And then there's a hill or there's a something. And uh, I stop to walk for a second. And then just like mentally, I've shut it down. Just, you know, I end up walking most of the, the rest of the long run. And not that I need to physically, I'm good. The lungs are good. The legs are good. I mean, I'm tired, right? But like mentally, it's just, I check out. And for whatever reason, one time I, I was like, let me, let me see if I take this, this magic mind before my long run, what, what happens. And I'll tell you what, and this, this may sound like it's too good to be true. It kind of is too good to be true, but it's also true. Um, I had the most complete long run I've had in a long time, probably since Kate was dragging me around the, the streets of Lakeland, Florida, um, where I just, I was just, you know, I was tired, you know, like my legs were heavy. But I could keep going, you know, breathing wise, I was fine. And I just, you know, made it through the run without an issue. And so no doubt in my mind, it was, it was because of the magic mind. It, it just helped me get focused, helped me to stay, stay mentally strong instead of being like, ah, I'll just walk for a second. And then, you know, a second turns into six minutes. Um, I was just like, I mean, I could walk, but I can probably keep going. And I, you know, dot, dot, dot kept going. So it's, it's been a game changer for me. And uh, so much so that, and I certainly noticed a difference in it with just day-to-day activity or day-to-day work as well. Um, we'll talk about that more in the future, I suppose. But uh, if you want to get on board the Magic Mind Train, whether it's something that you think might be helpful for you for, for your runs, whether it's something where, you know, you just kind of notice your, your focus lack, lapping, lapping, lapsing later in the day, midday, things like that, pop a shot in the around noon, which is also not for nothing. That's when I typically take mine during the day. Uh maximum productivity, maximum focus the rest of the day. Game changer for me work-wise, game changer for me long run-wise. I uh, haven't run a race with one yet, but I'm I'm really excited to see what happens. And I know that means that that might sound like I'm signed up for a race. I haven't signed up for a race yet, but one day, someday I'll run another race. I'll take a magic mind before it. And i uh, really curious to see how that helps with the mental focus, especially as the fatigue starts to build up, hammering on race day. Can I keep grinding? I think I, I, think I probably can. I know I can because I've done it in the past. I think it'll be even better when I've got the magic mind coursing through my veins and helping to lock in my mental focus as well. So you want to get some magic mind. I would encourage you to get some magic mind. I mean, you do, you, you don't have to, but, uh, I think it's, I think it's good stuff, good value. Um, and definitely it works. Uh, and, and the best way to do so is to head. I mean, you can do so a bunch of ways. The best way to do so and support the show at the same time is to head over to magicmind.com slash disruns. That's magicmind, just like it's spelled, magicmind, all one word, dot com slash disruns. And then uh, whenever you check out, use the code disruns20, all one word, disruns20 at checkout. It'll save you 20% off of any old order, but uh, it'll also save you 56% off of a subscription. So if you sign up for a subscription, which is what I have, I have a three-month rolling subscription. Love it. Love it. Uh, every three months, I get uh, 45 bottles. I, I could have signed up for the 30 bottle a month package, so every every three months get 90. Um, I might upgrade at some point. I don't know. We'll see. To be determined. But uh, jump on board the subscription train and save 56% up to 56% off. The, you know, the longer your subscription, yada yada yada. They, they have pricing. It's all clear. Um, but Diz runs 20 at checkout. Will save you a minimum of 20%, maximum of 56% if you sign up for a subscription service using the link MagicMind.com/slash/DizRuns. So. Back to the, the memory trip down memory lane talking about uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly of heart rate training. So like I said, you know, I've, been, I've been doing this now for over six and a half years. Many of you know that. You've been around. You've asked me questions on it. We've talked about it. Um, and the fact of the matter is, like, I, I believe wholeheartedly that 
heart rate training works. And we talked about why it works a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, and so I just want to dive into some of the good, the bad, and the ugly, because as much as I love it, as much as I think it works, it's not all rainbows and unicorns when it comes to heart rate training. It's, it's just simply not, you know, I wish it was, if it was, there'd, there'd be no issues with getting some of y'all to stick to it a little bit more because you know, again, it works, but it takes, it takes a while, but, but that's, that's where we'll start with the good. And this was, this was the OG good is, is that it does work. It does work. It builds your aerobic base. It builds your aerobic fitness. And so often, if, if you're not running easy, the majority of the time, you're not building that aerobic level base level of fitness as much. And so, you know, as, as the miles pile up, you know, as, as you go farther in your, in your distances from training runs to races to whatever, uh, you know, the fatigue starts to become a, a factor. And, and without that good, strong foundation, that good, strong base, you know, you've probably seen it before looking at your runs where, you know, maybe you start off pretty easy cruising along. Um, and then all of a sudden the pace starts to slow down as the miles pick up. Certainly I've had that happen on race day. That's the old, you know, the, the positive split, which sounds like a good thing. It's not, um, where you get slower towards the end of a race and, and it's just, it's demoralizing it's frustrating and, and heart rate training helps to prevent that because you just continue to build that base. You, you, you know, not that you don't get tired, but when you start to get tired, you're able to keep pushing, which, uh, at least that's how I've experienced it. And I know some others have as well. And so that's, that's hands down. I mean, that's the good, that's the, that's, that's one of the best things I think about heart rate training is that on race day, especially on race day, um, you know, when, when you push a little bit, especially as, as you get closer to the finish line, you get to the last 5k, 10k of a race, um, your body responds because there's that solid foundation and it's just, you know, it goes back to physics, you know, back to, back to any type of, of push off of something. If there's a solid base, but beneath you, you know, the push, the push gets you somewhere. If there's not much of a base beneath you, things start to crumble. Uh, it's why we shoot rockets off of cement pads and not off of uh, you know, a raft in the, in the middle of the ocean. Um, one of the many reasons I'm sure, but, uh, the fact of the matter is that solid base is, is legit. And I haven't wavered on that in the last, uh, you know, five years since recording this episode originally, um, it's still there. But in addition, another good that I've kind of, uh, figured out, learned more about experienced a bit as well is that heart rate training decreases your risk of injury. Now, to be clear, we are not saying that heart rate training eliminates injuries, running related injuries or otherwise you can still, you can still have the itis. You can still have, um, shin splints. You can still deal with, with all kinds of things is, is related to sprains and strains and niggles and whatnot. Um, whether you're locked into heart rate training or not. Okay. But the risk goes down the, the percentage chance that you're going to deal with some type of, of running related injury definitely goes down because of heart rate training. And here's the simple reason why it's more complicated if we really want to get into it. Right. But we're going to try to keep this, I don't know, inside 75 minutes for a quick tip today, hopefully well less than that, but without getting too deep in the weeds, the, the, the simple truth or the, the, the most simple way of saying it is that the harder you're running, the harder the effort, the more stress and strain you place on your body. Right. I mean, I think that makes sense. If you're, if you're hammering a repeat versus cruising along on an easy run, like there's, there's, it's, it's hard to say that you're, you're working. I mean, by definition, you're not working as hard, you know, in the easy versus the, the, the speed repeats. Um, and as a result, there's less stress and strain on your body when you're keeping it easy. Um, and so what that, what that does is that obviously there's less instantaneous wear and tear, right? You're less likely to pull a muscle. You're less likely to strain a tendon. Um, when you're, when you're running 
at not maximal levels, right? Because by maximal, like like that's kind of what the definition is. But also there's 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 mildly less wear and tear overall, which means that recovery happens a little bit quicker, it happens a little bit easier. There's less there's less wear and tear to recover from. So over the course of a week of running, a, a month of running, a year of running, you have a better chance, assuming you're doing some of the recovery things, you're getting enough sleep, you're fueling your body well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to avoid some of those nagging injuries that kind of crop up over time. Your plantar fasciitis is 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 your running your IT band issues, your running runner's knee. Some of the other, you know, bursitis, tendonitis, things like that, that, that very rarely, though occasionally, but very rarely are they instantaneous. They kind of just percolate under the surface and they get a little bit worse and a little bit worse. And eventually like, damn, what's going on? All right. Can you still get those things during, you know, while you're doing heart rate training? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can, but does the risk go down because you're not pushing your body to the limit or at least near the limit with every single run? Yes, it does. So if you've struggled with, with injuries and especially some of those wear and tear type of injuries, no guarantees that heart rate training is a silver bullet, but but accepting or, or embracing the idea of running slow, running easy, more often than not, you might just find that you feel a lot better physically, both during a run and after the run as well. Another benefit to heart rate training, and this one, I don't know, maybe I'm setting myself up for failure here, or you know, some of you are going to push back hard, and that's fine. Um, but this is this is my n equals one, and I think that you might find that you you know might find that this works for you as well if you stick to it. And again, I don't think I noticed this a year in, but five years in, definitely have noticed it, or six years in now, five years after that initial episode, that the 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 need for mid run fueling is decreased. And again, I'm not saying it's eliminated, right? I'm not saying that I don't fuel, especially on race day. If I'm running a marathon and I'm trying to run it hard. Yeah, I'm fueling, right? I probably got some some tailwind or some other type of, you know, sports drink in my bottles. Um, I might stop and grab a, a you know, a, a banana piece or an orange wedge or have a gummy or a chew. Lord knows there's no chance I'm using a, a, a gel, right? Like some of you people, you use your gels, whatever. You do you. But the need for continuous fueling um, – is, is diminished because when you're running easy, when you're running those, that aerobic heart rate training zone, you, you do, whether, whether you, you change your diet or not, you're going to improve your body's ability to, to become fat adapted. Basically, you're going to use your body's ability to utilize stored body fat for fuel. And apparently this has been like a buzzy thing lately. I don't know. I've been seeing a lot on the, on the, the social medias. We'll talk about this more in a, in, in a future episode. Um, but, but becoming fat adapted doesn't mean that you burn hundred percent body fat, right? Like, like, like the, the continuum of where do I get my energy from when, when at rest, at activity, whatever, it's never 100% carbs and it's never 100% body fat, right? It's always somewhere in the middle and, it, and it's, it's, a, it's a continuum. It goes back and forth. But when you're, when you're running, even when you're running easy, you are burning some carbs. You are burning some, some, some blood sugar, right? Some glucose, some glycogen that's in your body. You are, right? And I'm not trying to say you're not. But if let's just say for the sake of numbers and don't, don't at me on this, the specificity of this, but let's just say that maybe before you started running slow, running easy, heart rate training, um, even at a, at a relatively low level of effort, at kind of a marathon pace, um, or half marathon pace, whatever, it doesn't matter. Maybe you were burning 90% carbs and only 10% body fat. Okay. So then, then you burn through your carbs at a certain rate and you need to replenish to avoid bonking, to avoid hitting the wall, things like that at, at various points throughout the race. That's still the case when you're, when you're more body fat adapted or fat adapted as a runner. But like, let's say again, just for sake of numbers and to, to acknowledge that we're never going to go to zero, but let's say we go down to 60% carbs, 
carbs and 40% body fat is how, how your body is generating the energy, the breakdown process. And again, we're not getting into the weeds in here. We're just, just trying to to prove, you know, give it an example. That's a stark enough difference that it makes sense. If all of a sudden you cut your rate of burning through your blood sugar, the sugars in your blood, you cut that rate by a third, which checks math, 90%, 60%. Yep. That's a third, right? That means you don't need to fuel as much during your race to main, cause you're not going, you're not burning through your stored carbs as quickly. Are you still going to need some carbs, especially if your race is four hours, five hours, eight hours, if you're doing an ultra or something like that? Of course, of course you are, but you'll need fewer amounts of carbs. Maybe you only need, you know, the sports drink and maybe that's enough. Maybe, maybe you only need for you gel people. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Maybe you only need three gels instead of six. Maybe you'll just need one pack of shoes instead of three. You know, however, however it shakes out, you got to figure out what works for you. But if you're, if you're, if you physiologically need less carb intake during your run, A, logistically, that's a whole lot easier, but, but B, and arguably more important, you're less likely to spend part of your race in the porta potty or huddled behind a, a bush on the side of a trail because of GI issues or just feeling crappy because your, your stomach's turned and it's sour and you can't really swallow anything or whatever. Um, so I don't know for me, that's a huge win. Maybe, maybe you disagree. Maybe you, you like your, your mid run carbs, in which case you can keep taking them. But if you're, if you don't need them as much, I just think it's, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. And again, you still take some, you st- I still use some, I, I apologize if I've been misleading on that. And quite frankly, I've kind of, you know, over the years learned a little bit more and understand a little bit more research continues to come in and it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I've always still taken some carbs during a, a, a race day run. Um, but I don't need them as much. And to me, that's a game changer. To me, that's a game changer. You know, no GI issues at any race in memory. Um, and maybe that's partly because I have a, a pretty, you know, solid stomach. But I think also it's because I'm not taxing my digestive system while also taxing my legs and my cardiovascular system, which, you know, works well together. Now, let's look at, let's look at the bad. And the, the, the original bad from, from five years ago is uh, still bad now, as far as I'm concerned. And that's that the process is slow. It is painfully slow, glacially slow, frustratingly slow, whatever adjective you want to put in front of slow, that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, and there's no real way to speed up the process. There's, there's really not like, uh, uh, short of, you know, if, if you're, and I don't mean this in a bad way, if you're running a couple few times a week, you know, maybe running a few more times per week will help speed that process up. But we're still going from, you know, from months and months and years and years to really see the payoff to still just months and months and years and years to really see the payoff. Like you're not going to, you're not going to speed it up to where like six weeks of heart rate training. You're like, Holy shit. Like I'm doing so much. Like, no, no, it takes a while. It takes a while. Um, and you got to stick with it. You got to stick with it. Uh, three, four months kind of minimum to really start to see shreds of, of progress. Um, you know, I can tell you that six, six plus years in, there's no doubt in my mind that it works, that it works amazingly, that it has worked amazingly well for me. I, I honestly think that I still have a lot of room to grow and it's still a lot of room to continue to, to become more efficient as a runner, to still run faster at a low level of effort as, as my base of fitness continues to, to improve. Um, but you got to stick with it. You got to stick with it. And, and we, I know we all want instant results on everything. We all, you know, I got a little bit pissy the other day because I ordered something on Amazon that, that said prime free delivery and it took five days to get here. Like, come on, Amazon, if I pay for Amazon prime, it should be here in two days. You know, it took me five. It wasn't any big deal, but I was still kind of like, Oh my gosh, how is this taking so long? right? It's five days. 
I wish heart rate training paid off in five days. It doesn't. It doesn't. So you got to stick with it. And that's, and that's the bad. That's the bad. And, and the, the addendum to that is, is really um, kind of ties in on just the fact that it's a process, that it takes time. And it, quite frankly, yeah, it is that you just need to trust the process because at various points along the way, it's hard to feel like it's working. And, and again, I mean, this, this, I've, I've, I don't want to say I've ever questioned it because I understand the process. I understand the science. I understand the physiology in my head. I have no questions that consistent heart rate training works. None. Logically, I, I got it. I'm locked in, but I'd be lying to you if I said that there were never times that, that, you know, kind of in my emotions, right. That, that I haven't questioned a little bit, you know, where it feels like every run, I'm not seeing any progress. Um, even though I know that the runs are working, right? But it's like, you know, you just look at the, you look at the details and every day, you know, the heart rate's about the same and the pace is about the same. And it's like, well, how, like where, why is there no improvement? And, and so, so the bad part or why it's, why I label this as the bad is that you just have to trust the process. You have to commit to the process, even though it may not look like you're seeing much progress. And that's where, and I talked about this more in the blog post with, with doing math tests or doing some type of submaximal test to use that as a way to gauge progress. But even that sometimes doesn't really, doesn't really feel great because like, there's just something to be said about freaking hammering it. Right. And that's where you doing a speed workout once in a while. Like that's, that's great. And that's, that's lovely. And that feels good. And sometimes you can really see some good progress with your speed workouts. Um, but just on the day to day, the easy runs, it's a process and you got to trust it. And that's tough. That's tough. And sometimes you, you, you start to question it. Um, or at least I've started to question it. Uh, I've always got, I, you know, I've never wavered, right? I, I, I've never, I've never fallen off the wagon and had to get back on, but I, I know people have. And if, if that's you, I, there's no judgment. There's no shame in that game. I get it. It's, it's hard to trust the process. And that's why it's a bad thing. Cause you just like, that's one of the bads of heart rate training is, is you got to really trust it and commit to it, especially at the beginning, you know, and you feel like you're walking a lot and what the heck's going on. Like it's just. Trust the process. It'll pay off if you continue to stick with it. Last but not least, the ugly. And uh, this one, again, something that that uh, still is sort of part of my equation after, you know, five years after the original episode. And that is that uh, I ended up having to run a lot by myself instead of with other folks. And I used to do, you know, pre-heart rate training days. I ran with with a group back in, in Florida uh, several times a week. But we never we never ran easy. Even on a long run day, it wasn't easy, Right. And so once I got into heart rate training and it was like, Oh God, I can't, I can't run with these people ever because I mean, I could, I could meet them at the start of the run, but they're going to, they're going to leave me after a quarter of a mile because if I try to keep up with them, my heart rate's going to be way too high, way too quick. And, and we're not going to be easy anymore. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it did cut into my running social, social time. Thankfully Kate came along and, and was able to run with her. Uh, quite often while we lived in Florida. Now we've got the neighborhood group runs. So I'm still able to find ways to scratch the, the itch of running socially, but it has definitely meant that more often than not, I run by myself, which is, you know, I'm an introvert, so it's not that big of a deal, but it was nice to have some of that competition, that camaraderie on runs that I experienced pre heart rate training days. So, you know, depending on your social circle, depending on the, the folks that you run with, you may find yourself not able to run with them as much, especially in the early days of coming into heart rate training. And that's, and that sucks. Like that's ugly. No, no doubt about it. Um, addendums, things that uh, have also proven themselves to be ugly in the last five years since we first did this episode. Um, the, the recognition of how external factors impact the heart rate, you know, things like the temperature, things like digesting fuel, food, you know, if, if you eat before you run and, and 
goodness gracious, that's been a hot topic lately. It seems like too of like, oh my god, how can you? How can it? You should never run without eating first. I mean, like if if you need to eat first, go for it. But you can't pretend like eating isn't physiologically stressful and that impacts your heart rate. Having a cup of coffee before a run, yeah, that impacts your heart rate. You know, just being tired, fatigued, rough night of sleep, hydration level, life stress. Like depending on what time of day you run, when you run, things like that. If you're a midday runner, if you're an evening runner, um, it can be a lot more difficult than it already is to keep your heart rate down because of all these external factors that are going on, going on. Right. And so not that that makes it less effective, not that it makes heart rate training less effective, but it, especially if you're struggling to keep your heart rate below the, the threshold that you've set for yourself and that the formulas dictate you should use, um, it can be real. It can be even harder to keep your heart rate down when, you know, you've had a couple of cups of coffee before you run or, when you had a meal before you went out to run or even just a small snack, but that's going to bump things up. Maybe it's a lot hotter in the evening than it is in the morning, which is certainly the case in the South. Um, you know, just so many, so many external factors that influence your heart rate. And, and if you're committed to heart rate training, that means you got to run even slower. Maybe you have to walk a lot more than you would. If you, if you, if your heart rate wasn't being impacted by these things, but you, you can't just say like, oh, well, because it's hot out, I'm going to give myself an extra five beats. That's not how it works. Your body's working at a higher level means that you're not getting the aerobic benefit that you want. So you got it. You got to commit to, you got to be disciplined to keeping your heart rate down and external factors can absolutely make that more difficult, which, which is ugly, which is ugly as far as I'm concerned. Another, maybe the ugliest thing, maybe I should have saved this for the end, but maybe the ugliest aspect of heart rate training is that nonsense that your heart, that your watch tells you. Right. And, and we had an episode on this not too long ago about, you know, uh, your watch labeling your run is, is unproductive or as I can't remember what was, what was the, I have a Koros. I should be able to remember what Koros says. Koros non-impacting or something like that, where it's just like, man, I was out there running for an hour, keeping my heart rate right where I wanted to be cruising along. And you, and, and this technology, this watch has the nerve to tell me that was unproductive, that it had no impact, man, go pound the sand. Um, and, and I probably have even, even harsher language, harsher words that I would like to issue whoever the programmer was that put those things in the watch. And I've got some, some people say that maybe that's changed. Maybe they've, they've learned the error of their ways. But the fact of the matter is most, most watches, most tracking apps, Strava, Garmin Connect, Koros, or at least the ones I'm familiar with, they aren't big fans of heart rate training. Like there's no setting you can put in there and be like, I'm following a heart rate training pro- protocol. Um, they just look at it and go, well, gosh, if, if this is what you're, you're doing, um, you know, your, your fitness is declining. And it's like, no bitch, it's not declining. <laughs> like it's not, I'm building my base. I'm doing this intentionally. So that feedback from the watch, that's ugly. That is ugly and flat out wrong, flat out wrong. Last but not least, when it comes to the ugly, it can be a hit to the ego to slow down and run easy and try to keep your heart rate in check. Um, obviously sometimes, you know, on, on Strava, you, you see the numbers and you're like, oh man, like, like, you know, so much for being, you know, holding on the, the fastest segments on Strava anymore or things like that. Um, but maybe even more disheartening and especially in the early days is like, you know, I remember when I first started, I, I was running three or four miles, you know, three or four times a week, you know, just running the whole, the whole way. And then I first start heart rate training. It's like, I got a mile into my run and I had to start walking. And then I'm like walking more than running for the final two or three miles of my run. And, and I, I say that with no shade or no judgment towards anybody who has a run walk strategy or whatever, but like I wanted to run, right? Like that was, that was it. I wanted to run. 
and now I have to walk because of because my heart rate's saying that it's too high, even though you know I'm breathing just fine, right? And it's kind of what I was talking about with the magic mind. Like on the trail, like I want to run, but like mentally I've checked out. Well, in this case, it wasn't even mentally I was checked out. Look, my heart rate was saying, no, 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 Diz, slow down, slow down. Heart rate's too high. You got to walk. And so, so subjecting your ego, um, to, to being like, all right, well, I'm going to do some walking today, or maybe there's a hill and like, I know I could power up the hill, but it's going to shoot my heart rate up too much. So I need to, I need to walk here. Um, maybe sounds easy. Maybe it's easy to give that advice to other folks. Um, but I know for myself in the moment and even still today, quite frankly, there are times when it's just like, well, Guess I'm going to be doing some walking today because the heart rate's just not, not playing nice. Um, so that's tough. That's tough. It's a little hit to the ego to, to, to kind of feel like you have to walk, even though you don't feel like you have to walk, if you know what I mean. So there you go. Some good, the bad, and the ugly. At the end of the day, should you do it? Is it, is it beneficial? I think so. I think so. Um, like I said earlier, I mean, I, heart rate training has been a game changer for me. It, it really, truly has. Um, and, and even now six, six plus years into it, uh, I don't want to say, I feel like I'm still just scratching the surface. Like, I feel like I've gotten through the surface, but I feel like I'm not even close to the depths of progress that I can make with this. Right. Like, like I've, I've scratched the surface. I'm, I'm beneath the surface now I'm into it. Uh, but I feel like there's a long way to go. I feel like there's a lot of progress still to be made. Um, I feel like there's a lot of growth. I feel like there's a lot of faster, faster days while still running easy ahead of me. I feel like there's a lot of faster PRs in front of me. Um, and physically I feel, I feel as, you know, I'm, I'm older than I've ever been. I'm certainly five years older now than I was, uh, when I recorded this episode five years ago. Um, but I feel good. I feel good. And I think a big part of that is the consistency, uh, and, and just trusting my body and slowing down and trusting the process. So, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, y'all know, I, I try to sell heart rate training all the time. Cause I think it's, I think it's massive. I think it's huge. I think it's, I think it's a game changer. And, uh, if, if you're not on board, I would encourage you to give it a shot. Now you don't have to, you don't have to, of course, and doesn't work. It, it doesn't work in terms of just in practice for everybody. I think physiologically, I, 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 I struggle to say that it wouldn't work for just about anybody, but you know, if you, if you try to slow down, you try to do all these things and for you, it just saps the joy of, of running, which I've know, known folks. I've worked with folks that have been in that situation. Then, then don't force it. Don't force it. But, uh, if you can, if you can lean into the good and, and deal with the bad and the ugly of heart rate training, I think that, six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, six plus years from now, um, you'll be happy. You'll be happy that you took the plunge, that you got into it, you stuck with it. And uh, while the ugly and the bad are still there, they they pale in comparison to the good. At least that's my experience. So what about you? What's your experience in heart rate training, especially those of you that have, have dabbled in it before? What's your good? What's your bad? What's your ugly? Let me know. At Diz Runs on Twitter, at Diz Runs on Instagram. I say Twitter again. At Diz Runs on all social medias, uh, on X or Twitter or whatever it's called, uh, on Instagram, on threads. Hit me up. Let me know what your, what your take is on heart rate training. Shoot me an email if you're so inclined, disruns at gmail.com. That will still get to me. Um, and last but not least, disruns.com slash 1221. I'll get you to the back of the show notes today. Lots of memes, lots of gifs, a few links. Uh, and, of course, there's that comment section down at the bottom. Let me know you're good, you're bad, you're ugly when it comes to your experience of heart rate training. And uh, if you need a little something, something to help keep your mind right, whether your heart rate training, whether it's it's just the, you know the the afternoon slumps uh, of work and trying to get the things done and get focused and, and, and be more productive day to day, run to run, all things in between, 
Uh, check out Magic Mind, magicmind.com slash Dizruns. Dizruns20 is the discount code at checkout. Uh, save you 20% on a one-off order or up to 50%, 56% on a subscription order, which would be my recommendation. Take the plunge. Trust the process. Enjoy the – not for nothing. It's, I mean, it's not like delicious, delicious, but it tastes pretty good. Like, like I, don't need a, I don't need a coffee chaser after I take my Magic Mind. I just mm, – good stuff, good stuff. And uh, it works. That's that's the best part about it is is I the, the level of focus I have uh, for hours after taking the magic mind is is noticeable from like the first day. So check it out. Magicmind.com slash disruns. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Uh, thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for uh, bearing with me on this little uh, three-part series on heart rate training. I could talk about it all day, every day. Most of y'all know that. I try not to because I know it's not everybody's cup ot but hopefully this series was helpful useful if you have friends or running partners that are interested in learning more about heart rate training hey send them send them this way send them this way for these this three-part series of what, what was it episode uh, 12 18 12 20 12 21 three parts on heart rate training hopefully covered most of the bases and uh again just thanks for the time thanks for the attention check out the magic mind you'll enjoy it until next time y'all take care talk soon see you <laughs>